morning, everyone. So my, one of my good friends, her name is Brittany, uh, our biggest fight that we have in our friendship is about Jack Johnson and John Mayer. We fight about this. And <clears throat> I just don't understand how anyone could possibly think that John Mayer is better than Jack Johnson. Don't get it. But she's like diehard on the other side. So we fight about this. It's a good thing to fight about. Uh, but there is one uh, John Mayer song that I, actually I like a number of his songs, but there's one I want to talk about today. Uh, one of our musicians, Matt Rudolph, he likes Jack Johnson, or um, John Mayer a lot. Shame on you. Um, but anyway, there's a great song. Uh, I was looking at it this week, and it's, I thought it was like yesterday the song came out. It was 2009. It's so weird when that happens. But in 2009, John Mayer put out a song with T-Swift called Half of My Heart. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, and that song, and if you haven't heard it, it's a good song. Go listen to it and then put on Jack Johnson afterwards. Um, but Half of My Heart is just, it's a great concept. And so it was a smart song. It's something all of us can relate to. And of course in that song, right, John Mayer's singing about uh, how he loves this girl with half of his heart. And he knows there's something broken there. He has a, a line uh, somewhere in the song. He says, down the road, later on, you will hate that I never gave more to you than half of my heart. Today I want to challenge you in our readings. I want to zero in on our second reading. Our second reading today challenges you and I about our divided hearts. You and I have those hearts that are divided. Now, the context of our second reading is about virginity. And Paul, this is Paul's teaching on virginity in 1 Corinthians 7. The two big places that teach about that uh, in the scripture are 1 Corinthians 7 and then Matthew 19. And as Catholics, we're one of the only groups left on earth that sees great value in virginity. But today, you might say, well, that's not me, Father Brian. I'm called to marriage, and, and I'm in that married state of life. And I want to talk to you about how this, this is still for you. We'll get to that in a second. When I was in seminary, uh, Father Drendel, the saint next door, such a wonderful man, <clears throat> he used to always preach to the guys, and the first homily I ever heard from him he got up and he told all the guys, you got to get rid of the picture of Lulabelle. And all the new seminarians, we were like, who is Lulabelle? <laughs> well, Lulabelle was his name for just a generic name for the girl who still had your heart. And he was like, if you're going to commit to Jesus, if he is calling you to priesthood, you've got to give your whole heart to him. You got to take that picture out of your wallet. I don't know if anybody has those anymore. But you've got to stop doing that, and you've got to give your whole heart to the Lord. This is what Paul's talking about today. Today here in 1 Corinthians 7, St. Paul says, The married man is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. One of the challenges I have for you, if you're married, husband and wife, 
in your Catholic marriage, you need to be in communication with each other about how you want your love for each other to be directed towards Him. That your married love is beautiful, it's good, it's from God, it's sacramental. But a sacramental love has to be a love that's on its way towards Christ. And Paul today is going to say, so he goes on, he says, the unmarried woman or virgin is anxious about the affairs of the Lord. How to be holy in body and spirit, right? So if someone who chooses a life of virginity, if a young woman chooses that, she says, you know, I love marriage. Marriage is good and holy and beautiful, but my whole life is his. And this is Paul's case for virginity, that it's a means to an end. It's a means that can allow someone to have an undivided heart. Now, I will confess to you, my congregation, I do not have an undivided heart. And I'm trying, I'm working on it. My celibacy is meant to be something that helps me to say, Jesus, my whole life is yours. Every last piece of my heart, the, the far stretches of my mind, my past, my future, my hopes, my fears, Jesus, they are yours. But I'm not there yet. I'm working on it, and I want my heart to belong more fully to Christ. But I want to challenge you today, whatever state of life you're in, if you are married, if you're single, if you're a priest, and I don't know about it, as I always say, that's kind of weird, but if you're a priest out there, or you're a consecrated virgin, every single Christian is called to give their heart more fully to Jesus Christ. So today I want to talk to you about that divided heart of yours. That all of us, myself included, we have things that compete for our loves. We have things that vie for the attention of our hearts. And being a Christian means you've got to choose to love Jesus over and above other things. You've got to cast those idols out of your heart, and you have to put him first. Right? Married couples, sometimes I say this on our marriage retreat back before COVID, sometimes it's a great temptation to make your spouse into God. And especially when you're engaged, right? Married couples five years and you're like, oh no, I have no temptation to that. <laughs> but engaged couples, you're like, you're like a Jerry Maguire line, you're like, you complete me. And five years later, the wife's like, would you just get off the couch and do something? Um, but that's a temptation. We can say, I'm going to make my spouse into God. Or we can say, I'm going to make comfort into God. Brothers and sisters, different loves compete for our hearts. And whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're consecrated, wherever you're at in life, you are called to make Him your first love. And in a second, I'm going to, we're going to jump to St. Ignatius, who's going to help us with that. But first, one critical point on this. One of the questions, one of the more controversial Catholic teachings is that Mary was a virgin her entire life. 
We call it the perpetual virginity of Mary. And people will say, well, that, you know, they'll fight about whether or not that's true. We're not going to do that today. If you want to know how we know Mary was a virgin her whole life, go do your homework. You should know this. There are clear answers to this. All of early Christianity, and I mean that with a capital A, all of early Christianity believed Mary was a virgin her whole life. But there's a second question. Who cares? And people ask me this. It's like, Father Brian, okay, fine. Maybe Mary didn't have other children after Jesus. Why does it matter? And I love this. This is so beautiful. The reason it matters is because of our second reading today. Mary, brothers and sisters, our mother is the perfect image of the church. And as St. Paul teaches us today, virginity is a sign of an undivided heart. And so Mary's virginity wasn't just to show that Jesus' father is God. That's also true. But it was much more than that. Mary's virginity is the external manifestation that her heart belonged entirely to God. From start to finish. Jesus breaking into her life was not something that happened for nine months and then she moved on. Jesus was and is her everything. And by the way, this is why it matters for your life, for all of us, whether you are married or not. The reason it matters for your life is because Mary is the perfect image of the church and that means the church is virginal. It means that the church's heart is not partially given over to God, but entirely. And so every one of us is called to grow into that. Every one of us is called, and you know it, you know God's always, I know he does this to you because he does it to me, is he's knocking on that heart of yours and he's saying, Brian, I want more. I want more than just kind of your external observance. I want more than your partial love. I want it all. I know he's doing that in your life, and I know if you have your radio off, and if you're calm a little bit and you're praying, I know that Jesus is saying that to you. He's saying to you, give me your heart. So how do we do that? I want to finish today with St. Ignatius. So St. Ignatius talks about this. And, what he's, and this is later on in the spiritual exercises. He's gone through a lot of material. But he has a, a contemplation. He said it's called the contemplation to attain the love of God. Super beautiful. And Ignatius, speaking of love, he says whenever you have a real love, he says you share things. He says if you, if you get married, right, you would share everything with your spouse. You wouldn't have things that are yours and things that are theirs. You would share everything. Love is a mutual sharing in goods. And so St. Ignatius says, realize that he has shared everything with you. There is nothing God has 
that he has not given over to you. Everything. The Father has given his Son. The Son has given his entire self. The Father and the Son have poured out the Holy Spirit in your life. They have even given you the mother of Jesus to be your mother. Everything. There is a complete handing over. And so Ignatius says the natural sentiment, when you feed that heart of yours on that knowledge, the natural response is to say, Jesus, how could I do anything less but to give my life back to you? How could I do anything other than that? And so Ignatius talks about how when we pray that way, our hearts should be on fire with love. And then he gives us a very famous prayer. And today, we have a bunch of holy cards. They should be at all the exits. And I want you to take one home today. And St. Ignatius gives us this prayer. I've given it to you before. It's called the Sushi Pay. It's one of my favorite prayers. It says this. It says, it says, take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, I return it. All is yours. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me your love and your grace, for this is sufficient for me. What if you said that prayer every morning? It's a 20-second prayer at most. What if you woke up in the morning and instead of when you woke up, you thought of all the things you have to do today? Or you just were mad at your alarm clock? Or whatever else. I don't know how you wake up. If I did, that'd be kind of weird. Um, but imagine if you woke up every day and the first thing you did is you turned to God and you said, Take, Lord, receive all my memory, my understanding, my entire will. Jesus, you have given me everything. Today, Lord, today I return it. This is what holiness is about. So when you go home today, take one of those cards, pray that and mean it and realize, right, the Father has given everything to you in complete love. And you and I, our job is to work on that divided heart of ours. It's to say, Lord, I don't want to love you some of the time. I don't want to love you partially. I don't want to love you conditionally. I want to love you with everything. And day by day, I just want to take one step where my heart is a little bit more yours. If you do that, I promise you, all the craziness in the world, right, we all of us want lots of things in the world to go certain ways. What you can give God is maybe not a perfect government or a perfect school system or a perfect neighborhood or whatever else. What you can give him is a heart that is pure. And that's an amazing gift. So Jesus, today purify our hearts. Lord, you've given me everything. 
Lord, may I love you now with half of my heart, now with most of my heart. Jesus, may my heart and everything I am be yours.